Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Michael's Saturday Night Surprise for October 21st, 2023. My name is Bob Braxma, and I will be your host tonight, presenting two shows from the CBC archives, Peggy Delaney. Yes, if you haven't heard of Peggy Delaney, you will soon either love her or hate her. Hi, gang. Bob Bolton here with The Mystery Project. In the opening segment, Peggy's paper has just been sold to new owners. Jobs are gone, and there are personal incidents of hardship, disruption, and one that is distinctly peculiar. Kyra Harper stars as Peggy Delaney in a story called Pink Slips. Hello there. You've reached Peggy Delaney, Toronto Tribune. If you have something confidential you want to pass on, just leave your name and number. The walls have ears. I'll get back to you. If you're calling to give me fulsome, unqualified praise for my columns, feel free now. If you're calling to scream at me, fascist, communist, cop-loving, cop-hating, pro-lesbian, anti-lesbian, pretend anti-establishment, crypto-bay street, swamp pig, go for it. After all, this is a quasi-democracy. Says who? Not from where I'm standing. Just to let you know, I'll be there in case you were wondering. Seven o'clock, your place, right? Jamie, get off the table. I thought he was dessert. It's a possibility if he doesn't get his tail out of the butter. Come here, Sammy. Apple pie. And ice cream. Jesus, I'm going to need an ambulance. <laughs> well, Amber and I figured you for a meat and potatoes, pie and ice cream kind of guy, Nick. Hey, you figured right. But being a bachelor, only when I invite myself out to a restaurant every third Sunday night. Really? That organized? Not organized. Depressing, isn't it? No, it's just organized. Hmm. Boise, Idaho. So what's it like there? Have you ever seen a potato? Yeah. Well, that's about it. I predict six months back home in Boise, you'll be back to your usual piss and vinegar self. And the next thing you know, you'll be standing in a newsroom in Los Angeles or Richmond or Tampa. Tampa? Doing what you were born to do and being what you are. The very best hard news reporter in the business. Your mother's a big help, Amber. She must have been a cheerleader in another life. <laughs> yeah, that's hard to imagine. I'm just saying. I know what you're saying. I appreciate it. But for now, I hate to admit it, but I'm looking forward to sleeping in my old room again. Looking out the window and seeing if the neighbor's apple tree is still there where it used to be when I was ten years old. I guess I'm tired. Maybe being fired makes you tired. Especially when you can't afford to retire and you're 60 years old. You'll find another job, Nick. Because you are the best. And everybody in the business knows it. I was one of the best. Yeah. I think I was. I think he's the coolest old guy. Why? He just says what he feels. He doesn't put on a big act or anything. There's some people just got fired that, I don't know, pretend they didn't care or they'd be complaining about how stupid everybody is that fired them. <sighs> so, that was nice of you to volunteer to help Nick and me pack up his stuff. Teacher's development day. I'm not doing anything. Is, uh, is that the last one? Uh-huh. And you're short of shape. You could have a heart attack or something. Oh, well, thanks. I guess. And that you stop drinking. You should stop smoking, too. Mm-hmm. You're giving yourself cancer. And you're probably giving me cancer. What time should we say we go over to next tomorrow? Around 10 in the morning. But we call in first. You're changing the subject. Ten? That's early, isn't it? God, why did we say that? I'll go smoke in the den. And you're probably giving Sammy cancer, too. Come on, Nick, for God's sakes. Isn't he answering his buzzer, either? No. It's almost noon. Where is he? I'm not psychic, Amber. I don't know. Do you think he's up in his apartment? He's sick or something? Well, I hope not. Where did he eat last? Our place. Exactly. 
So what do we do now? Oh, we're only talking a couple of hours. He could be anywhere. He could have forgotten. You said it's not like him to forget. And you said it's not like him not to call if he had a change of plans. I know. We've waited all morning for him to return our calls. Yeah? It was brutal. What? How they fired him. They met him at the front door. Two outside people, specialists, hired to do these things, you know. So I just get nervous. Nick falling off the wagon after 20 years, drunk as a skunk somewhere. Or Nick just giving up on everything and wandering off. Or or Nick... Nah. Nick what? No, it's only been a couple of hours. He's probably gone somewhere to get more cardboard cartons. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, um... Nick hurting himself? No, of course not. That's out of the question. Yes, it is. It's out of the question. Uh-huh. We should call the police. Who says? Who? Walking up behind us. She's turning into the house. Come on. Hello there. Good morning. Oh, Hello. Hi. Uh, here, let me hold that door open for you. We're just going upstairs to see Nick. Whom? Uh, Mr. Bauer. He's, he's a friend of ours. Oh. I understand your friend is moving. Yes, that's right. Can't say I blame him. Good day. Uh, good day. How many presents are in this house anyway? Three. Upstairs, downstairs, and one in the basement. So what are we going to do? Pound on his door. Maybe the downstairs buzzer doesn't... Uh... Oh. What? It's just... His door's open a little. See? That's weird. Nick? Hey, Nick? Are you in there? Nick? Let's go in. Maybe we shouldn't. Why not? Because it's private. So what? Under these circumstances, we can go where we like. What circumstances? Nick? Hey, Nick? Is he in there? I don't think so. I'll check the bedroom. I feel like I'm violating his space or something. Mom. Mom! It's okay. Is he in there? No. God. God, look at all the cartons. Doesn't look like he's packed anything yet. He must have been waiting for us. Uh-huh. Something's not right. Yeah, I don't think so either. No, I mean... I know what it is. Where's his computer? Where's his printer? His fax machine? Where's his stereo? Maybe he packed them first. Maybe maybe that's where he is. He's moving them separately so they don't get broken or something. Moving them to where? He's going to Boise, Idaho. The movies are supposed to be here tomorrow. There'd be no reason to move them somewhere else today, would there? Well, maybe he's out of money. Maybe he's hawking them. Hawking them? <laughs> I don't think he's that badly off. Not yet. He got three months severance pay. So are you saying someone stole a stereo and stuff? I just can't imagine why everything's missing, that's all. Or, or why he left his door open. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to start filling these cartons and, until he shows up. Maybe that's all this is. Maybe it's a setup for us to do all the work. What are you looking at? Oh, um, nothing. Just, um, he just left a list of phone numbers here by the phone. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that private? Yes, Mom, I shouldn't have looked. Oh, but you couldn't help yourself. They're kind of, um, different, that's all. Huh? Let's see. Tiffany, Nicole, Star, Madonna, Mandy? Funny names, aren't they? Yeah. I uh, wonder who they are. Well, I wonder. What kind of phone does he have? Why? Does it record incoming numbers? Yeah, he's, he's got messages, too. There's all our phone calls. 11.20 this morning, 11... 10, 9, 30, and one came in at 1, 10 last night. Let's see that list of names again. Uh-oh. What? That's Mandy's number. 
She called him at one this morning. I wonder if she left a message. Mom, this isn't right. It's okay. I'm an investigative reporter. No, you're not. You're a columnist. And what if we come? Mr. Bauer, it's Miss Stedman downstairs. I'm sorry to bother you again, but they haven't stopped. Perhaps you could talk to Mr. Hallman before you leave. He pays absolutely no attention to me, and dust is everywhere. I'm going over to my sister's. Thank you so much. Hello? Hello? If you're listening to this, pick up the phone, please. I'm calling for Nick. He has an urgent message for you, so you pick up the phone, please. If you're there, Nick needs to speak to you right now. Pick up. Hi, Nick. It's me, as promised. Jesus. What urgent message is she talking about? And who is she, anyway? She's not who I think she is, is she? I mean, all those names sound... They sound like hookers or something. I mean, why wouldn't... I don't believe... I don't believe it. Believe what? He wouldn't have anything to do with people like that. He's not that kind of person. Well, I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation. There is. But like what? Like, well, maybe Nick was working on an article about call girls before he was fired. He was doing research. Something's happened to him. That's why, you see, I, I spent the night with my sister. She lives in Etobicoke. It's quiet there. Oh. So when was the last time you saw Nick? Oh, that would be two days ago. He spoke to those black people down in the basement about the music. It lifts dust right off my floor. I can't breathe. But they weren't very polite to him. I was listening at the front door. They said they'd turn that awful racket they play down a little, they said. <laughs> a little. But I knew they wouldn't. They were downright surly. I don't blame Mr. Bauer. He did his best, and it, it doesn't bother him so much. Phew. God, she can talk. What do you think? I think I need a cigarette. But what do you think? Hmm. How many guys did she say rented downstairs? Three. I guess he could have broken in and stolen his stuff. I... Well, so where is he? They could be holding him down in the basement. Nick could be down in that basement right now. Maybe he's hurt or something. Then how does that call from Mandy fit in? Because it sounded like Nick was with her. And he had an urgent message. But for who? Who the hell was she calling anyway? Nick lives alone. We have to do something. Yeah. I know what I don't want to do. Knock on the door of some black kids and accuse them of stealing Nick's computer and stereo and stuff. I might as well have a white sheet over my head. They said they turned their music down a little. In a surly fashion. Big deal. I'd be surly too. Damn it. Cinderella cleaners, where every one of our jobs has a happy ending. Toilet bowl cleanser in the sink. Oh, oh that's terrible. Yeah, I'll, I'll send Ricky over there right now to assess the damage. Aha. Uh -huh. That sounds like a new sink to me, too. Right away. Bye. Uh... Hi, Bernie. How are things going? Wonderful. Great. I'm worried sick. Nick Bauer, my buddy at the trip, mm -hmm. he got fired. Oh. I'm supposed to be helping him move today, but he's not at his place. I, I think some stuff has been stolen out of his apartment. Really? Yeah, really? I even talked to these kids down in the basement. Uh -huh. They said they didn't know anything about any stolen stuff, but how can I be absolutely sure? Because the front door of the house was enforced, and, and they'd have a key, too. Yeah. Well... But the thing is... I think Nick's with some hooker. What? So unless the kids and the hooker are connected somehow... Ho, 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 ho. What, what, what are you doing to my head? What, what's all this stuff, and what are you talking about? Well, listen, and you'll understand. <sighs> it was so peaceful a minute ago. I just wanted to see what you thought, that's all. About what? Everything. Amber thinks we should go to the police. But I don't want to involve the cops and embarrass Nick if there's nothing really wrong. How long has he been gone? Well, I don't know. We were supposed to meet him four hours ago. 
Four hours. A grown man. Four hours. But his stereo and computer and stuff are missing. And he had a message from this call girl, this Mandy, saying he had some urgent message. She's in the back of now. I, I, I looked it up. Her name and number in the sex ads right there. Which one? There. Ah, uh, Mandy. Gorgeous redhead, 25, 5 foot 6, 36 C, 24, 34, upscale, very friendly, gentleman only, in calls 3526689. He had a message from that number. She called at 1 o'clock last night saying she had this urgent message from Nick. Who was she calling? Well, I don't know, because Nick lives alone. And the kids in the basement? Oh, just some kids. Amber's upset. Well, she says prostitution is gross and stupid, and she says Nick would never visit a prostitute in a million years. She thinks he's researching a story on hookers. I said maybe he's doing a freelance piece for some magazine like Toronto Life. Is that possible? You want my honest opinion? Uh-huh. Do elephants fly? Oh, not that I know of. Where is she, anyway? Sitting at home by the phone waiting for Nick to call. She's still staying for the rest of the school year, right? Yeah. And then back to Daddy in Vancouver. As long as I stay sober, that is. That's the deal between us. And I will. I absolutely will. Two months and counting. I know. I'm going to buy you a trophy. Now she wants me to stop smoking. <laughs> She's a fanatic. Yeah, yeah, she must be nuts. <clears throat> Point that somewhere else, will you? So, what do you think? About what? About your friend and Mandy. Oh, Nick got caught in this stupid amalgamation between the Toronto Trib and Corn Youth International. So far, 60 people have been pink-slipped. I'm waiting for mine. Who knows? So, he was feeling bad and messed up and... Lonely. That's what I think. Except it wasn't a one-time thing. He has this long list of girls. Madonna and Tiffany, they're on his list, too. They're in those ads. No kidding. So, I don't know. I just know it's embarrassing. It's Nick's secret. Oh, Jesus. What? I just figured out who Mandy was calling. Who? No one. She was just making absolutely sure that no one else was in Nick's apartment, that no one would answer the phone, that it was empty. So someone could go over there and steal his stuff. Because if they had Nick, they'd have his keys, too. Oh, God, yes. Who do you know who works it now? Well, a couple of people, why? Well, not that I know that much about it, of course, being of a different persuasion, but it says here that Mandy takes in-calls. That means people call her, doesn't it? And she gives them her address, right? So it's no big deal. She's not trying to keep her address secret. And she has to pay now for running her ads. So, where do they send the bills? Anywhere. Maybe she pays in person. Maybe they send them to a post box. And maybe she gave them her address. Why not, if everybody else has it? Come on. Come on what? Oh, oh if you think Don't I'm going to... argue, Bernie. Just come on. Okay, it must be the next high rise. 788 Bigelow, 796. Uh, why are we doing this? Tell me one more time, would you? To protect Nick. Once we got Mandy's address, we should have called the cops. If the guy's been robbed, and held here a hostage or something. The cops are not going to charge him as any found in. That's ridiculous. And if you think... But we I'm... don't know he's been robbed for sure yet, do we? <sighs> okay. It's apartment 821. So all we have to do is sit here and wait for someone to come along and unlock the front door. Then follow them inside. And then what? These people are bad people. What are you going to say, that you're soliciting ads for now? No. I'm going to say I'm looking for Nick Bauer, and if I don't see him in five minutes, my friend down in the parking lot will be calling the cops. Is that me? No, of course not. You'll be with me. I'm just making that part up. 
sick. I'm just afraid, that's all. Like I said, I was talking to her earlier on the phone. She said she was feeling ill and she hung up. She wouldn't pick up the phone again. I, I called and called and now we've been pounding on her door for five minutes, haven't we, Bernie? Uh-huh. And now we're going to bust in on her. Because she's sick. Mm. Okay. We'll have a quick look around. Superintendent. Hello? Anyone home? Your sister doesn't have much furniture, does she? She hasn't moved, has she? No. Uh, I'll, I'll just check in here. Mandy, she better not have skipped. Right. I'll, um, uh, I'll, I'll look in this room. Uh-oh. What? I think I found your friend. Nick? No, 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 no. Stay there. He's, he's okay. He's fine. He's just, uh, tied to a chair with his mouth taped. And he's naked. That looks better. Although it was nice of that woman to lend you some of her husband's old clothes for the ride home. Yeah, nice. Where's Bernie? He took my car. He had to get back to work. I said I'd call a cab later. Yeah, they got my video cam and a couple of old Leicas. With everything else, I'd say maybe $20,000 worth of stuff. Before they tied me up, we went on a little drive to an ATM. Oh, no. So I could use my credit cards for cash advances. Oh. $6,000. Plus, I had about 500 in my wallet and all my other credit cards. God knows what they've been doing with them so far. Well, that's another reason to call the cops right away. Yeah, that's another reason. All right. You don't suppose that super's called in the police, do you? I don't think so. She said the owners don't want any trouble. Police cruisers, cops marching in and out of the place. Your friend was a couple of months behind on her rent, though. She skipped out. My friend. <laughs> you had one hell of a night, Nick. Yes, I have. She was about to leave town last night anyway, and... Then I called her boyfriend, figured I could provide a kind of going-away prison for the both of them. Hmm. Where's Amber? Oh, she's at home. I told her you went over there to... to do some last-minute research on an article. She was just really happy to hear you're okay. She wanted to know whether she should come over now to help pack... I said I thought you'd cancel the movers for a few days anyway. Uh-huh. Researching a story, you say? Mm-hmm. Um, mind if I smoke? Nope. The only story here is abject humiliation. I didn't even have any clothes. Nick, look. I've lived my life inside a gym bottle for the last 15 years. When it comes to, I don't know, getting lost, losing a little bit of yourself, maybe. Well, you don't have to explain anything to me. I've been there. Sometimes I'd buy an hour. Sometimes an hour and a half, depending. The first hour or so, just to sit there and talk. An old man... Young girl holding your hands and actually listening to you. The girls are okay, you know. Most of them. They really try. I know it sounds stupid, but it's true. I admire them. In a way. For one thing, they're brave. My life is kind of a desolation right now, Peggy. I know. I love you, Nick. 
Hi, Amber. I'm home. Nick just called. Oh. Well, great. Yeah. He, um... He told me he was sorry that, um... that he messed up today and everything. He told me. Just for the record, that's how he put it, that he wasn't doing research over at that woman's, that he was a customer and said that he'd hoped that I'd forgive him for disappointing me. Oh, honey, he's kind of mixed up right now. He shouldn't have called. He really shouldn't have. So what did you say? Nothing much. I just said, sure. I didn't know what else to say. Of course you didn't. I thanked him for treating me like a human being, though, and telling me the truth. He said he'd learned that from you, which is, you know, kind of funny since when you called me, you told me that he was doing research at that woman's. I was just trying to protect... Who? Or both of you. Yeah? Well, it's nice to know you tell some people the truth anyway. Sometimes. He, um... He wanted to know if, if he could take us out to supper before he left. Oh, God. And? And? I said, he just kind of came out. Not for a little while, but thanks. God, when I hung up, I could have died. It didn't even make any sense. Well, it makes sense, Amber. And it'll make perfect sense to Nick. It was the absolute right thing to say. Was it? Yes. been listening to Pink Slips, the first of our new series of Peggy Delaney by James W. Nickel. Featured in the cast tonight, Kyra Harper as Peggy, Katerina Scorsone as Amber, J.W. Carroll as Nick, and John Stalker as Bernie. With them, you also heard Corrine Conley as Miss Stedman, Burgundy Code as Mandy, and Janet Findell as the woman superintendent. The music was composed and conducted by Milan Kimlicka. The recording engineer was Drago Grandich. Sound effects were by Matt Wilcott. Colleen Woods was the associate producer. Our coordinating producer is Barry Morgan. The program was produced and directed in Toronto by Bill Howell, the executive producer of The Mystery Project. I'm Bob Bolting, thanking you for listening and inviting your comments. See you next week. Well, that was Peggy Delaney in an episode titled Pink Slips from the CBC Mystery Project. There's quite a number of these. I'm going to play another one for you. And the next one is called A Death in the Family.
Hi gang, Bob Bolving here with The Mystery Project, where our series is the continuation of Peggy Delaney, written by James W. Nichol. A search for a human interest story lands Peggy in the middle of a murder investigation. She also finds a new friend, now that Nick has left town, a police detective. Kyra Harper stars as Peggy Delaney in A Death in the Family. Hello there. You've reached Peggy Delaney, Toronto Tribune. If you have something confidential you want to pass on, just leave your name and number. The walls have ears. I'll get back to you. If you're calling to give me fulsome, unqualified praise for my columns, feel free now. If you're calling to scream at me, fascist, communist, cop-loving, cop-hating, pro-lesbian, anti-lesbian, pretend anti-establishment, crypto Bay Street, swamp pig, go for it. After all, this is a quasi-democracy. I couldn't agree more. I mean, about the quasi-democracy part. Uh, this is J.J. Mars, responding to your request, and yes, with certain provisions, you can speak to my client. Ordinarily, I would have to say no, but uh, as I recall, I do owe you one. Hi there, J.J. Ms. Delaney, delighted. It's been a while. Yes, it has. It was nice of you to remember how clever I was and how much of a help I was to you when Bernie's little friend got himself in a pickle. How could I forget? So... How have you been? Uh, fine. Uh, sit down. Are you? Well, the trip's been bought up by Core News International. All my friends are getting pink slips. I'll probably be next. But other than that, I guess I'm fine, too. Can you smoke in here? No. Can I smoke in here? Well, I'd prefer you didn't. I don't have an ashtray. Hmm. So, uh, Jenny Kaison? Uh, yes, Jenny Kaison. Uh, well, it's early days. I've only met with her twice myself. So what is it exactly that you want to ask her? Well, the standard. What's it feel like? Isn't that what we always ask? How's it feel to be 22 years old, 9,000 miles away from home, impoverished, working as a nanny, hoping for a better life, and charged with murder? Human interest stuff, then. Uh-huh. But what's your angle exactly? You're not known for writing without a point of view, and I would hope that you'd be, at the very least, sympathetic to my client's plight. You sure I can't smoke? I'm positive. Uh, why, are we bargaining already? No, I'm having a nicotine fit. Huh. Look, I want to put a human face on one more gruesome bad news front page story. Admirable. Is that all? I'm not going to assassinate your client in my column. The human condition, J.J. That's all I'm after. All there is is factor is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much time? I have an hour, then she's back to lock up. I'll give you ten minutes. So, this was near Manila, where you were living, Jenny? Yes. Everybody works in the factories there. They work for seven, eight American dollars a day. It's very hard there. And how much were you making at the Ryan's? I was paid $120 a week in my room and board. And what did you have to do to earn that money? I had to look after that baby and do the wash and cook the meals and clean the house. 40 hours a week? No, more. But I don't complain. I, I don't understand. This could be helpful to us if we have to go to trial, Jenny. The public's perception of you is important, and jurors don't live in isolation. But I didn't do anything. The police think you did, and they must be sure of themselves, or they wouldn't have brought down a charge so quickly. Oh, okay, okay, now we're getting off track. Now, why don't we talk about Jenny's family? I believe she has eight brothers and sisters at home and a sick father. Isn't that... But I didn't hurt that baby. I wouldn't... Then tell me what happened. Now, wait a minute. Mrs. Delaney, she's already been charged. You can't go public with anything material now that might come up at the trial later. So what's the point? The point is, I'm not going to write about a generic Filipino nanny. I'm going to write about a specific person. Jenny Casson, if I write about anything at all. So I have to hear her. The point is, 
If you want me on her side, I have to know her side. That's the point. In the interests of my client, I reserve the right to terminate this interview at any time. Okay. So, Jenny, what happened? I heard the baby crying. Jason? Yes. He's the Ryan's only child? Or was? Yes. It was about 12.30 or, or maybe 1 in the morning. He usually woke up about then. So I got up and went into his room and picked him up. Were you sleeping? Yes. I sleep right next to the baby's room. He woke me and I took him down to the kitchen with me. And I heated a bottle. And then I, I took him back to his room and changed him and tucked him in. That's how I left him. With his bottle? Yes. Usually, he wouldn't drink all of it. Just a little. And then he'd fall back to sleep. How old was the baby? Eleven months. He was balancing on his own. He was going to walk. He fell back to sleep. I didn't wake up again. Until I heard Mrs. Ryan screaming. I, I jumped out of the bed and I went out into the hall. Mr. Ryan was already running towards the baby's room. And he told me to go back and get dressed. So I did. And then when I came back out, I saw Mrs. Ryan running down the stairs, holding Jason. I went downstairs too, but they had already rushed outside to the car. I went back upstairs again. I went into my room. I prayed. I prayed and prayed until the police came. And they questioned me, all these questions. And they took me out the house and down to a police station. And then they took me down here to jail. But I wouldn't hurt their baby. Hurt? Murdered, you mean? Strangled to death, wasn't he? Yes. Hello? Is this Boise, Idaho? What? I'd like to order a ton of mashed potatoes, please. It's you. I thought I'd finally ditched you. No such luck. How's everything going, Nick? Yeah, there's a foot of snow outside. My mother's threatening to move from the nursing home back here. And the doctor says I've got hives. Swell. Anything on a new job? No. Have you been fired yet? Not yet. I miss you. I miss you, too. I guess. I've got a favor to ask you. Of course you do. Do you know a Detective David Lee or a Detective Carlos Zabo in Homicide? I know Zabo pretty well. Why? He's working a case I'm interested in. I just need an intro. You want me to call Carlos Zabo and ask him to talk to Peggy Delaney? <laughs> Are you kidding? You're not exactly the Metro Toronto Police Association's poster girl. Amber and I'll come visit you when I take her home to Vancouver in the summer. Really? Well, I think I'd appreciate that. Detective Zabo, I presume? Yes. Well, your secretary was right. That yellow tie works every time. That was no secretary. That was a lieutenant. Oh. Well, whatever. Uh, can I sit down? Well, sure. You were expecting me, weren't you? The lieutenant person. She said you had a break between two court cases and we'd meet in the coffee shop, right? You're, uh... Peggy Delaney. Toronto Tribune? Uh, well, what do you know? So you are. Nick Bauer did call you, didn't he? He told you about me? Good old Nick. He didn't say Peggy Delaney, though. He said 
Peggy McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy? Yeah, he said you needed a break. You were a young reporter. Ah, uh, well, at least he got that part right. The absolute bum. Look, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's okay. Anyway, this could be a lot more interesting. Than what? Than anything else I'm likely to do today. Hmm. You mind if I smoke? Puff away. Well, thanks, officer. I'll have to give you a ticket. Really? I'm kidding. Oh well. <laughs> now, how come you hate cops so much? I don't hate cops. It's just that sometimes you guys do dumb things, and you think no one has the right to question anything you might do. So I question. That's my job. But generally, as a whole, you do a crummy, thankless, irritating job in a more or less acceptable manner. I've got goosebumps. How about sometime I tell you what the job of being a cop is really all about? The party line, the servant protect stuff. No, the real stuff. Okay. But right now, I'd like to talk about Jenny Casson.、Uh, Shoot. Well, I just don't get it. What don't you get? The why of it. Usually, it's in a fit of uncontrollable temper, isn't it? Or it's the action of some demented, sadistic creep, and always when they're alone with the child, not with the parents still in the house. Well, there's no rule book that I know of. No, no, I know. Sometimes logic has nothing to do with it. People do things. They hear voices, or they just can't think straight. They're not in the real world. You think Jenny Casson is crazy? No. Strangling an eleven-month-old baby is not a sane act, no matter how you look at it. No inkling of a motive, nothing at all. The husband wasn't satisfied with her work. He was going to let her go. Maybe she knew. Why wasn't he satisfied? Just didn't think she was doing a good job. The mother says the same thing. And that's a sufficient motive to kill their kid. She told me she was asleep. The first thing she heard was the mother screaming. No, that's her side of it. And the other side? Off the record. Off the record. The mother got up to go to the can. She was coming back at the end of the hall when she saw Jenny Kazan come out of the baby's bedroom, then run back to her own bedroom and close the door. The fact that she was moving so quickly alarmed the mother. She went into the baby's room and found her son. He was still warm, and he was dead. What's Jenny charged with exactly? Well, we started with manslaughter to hold her. It's only been five days. We're still gathering evidence. So, funny Jenny didn't hear the mother in the bathroom. It's possible. It's an old house. The bathroom's around a turn at the end of the hall, and there's plush broadloom everywhere. So she saw Jenny. Mm-hmm. Jenny in her flannel pajamas and bare feet coming out of the baby's room, then on the half run, looking guilty of something, going back to her bedroom and closing the door. So what's bothering you? What do I look like? Something's bothering me. Yes. It's nothing. I cancelled all my patients this week, but、uh, well, I find it makes the time go by just working around the office. Yeah. I well, it was very kind of you to agree to see me. Oh. Well. Can you imagine? We can't even bury him yet. They haven't released him. My son. I'm sure it must be terrible. It's a nightmare.、Mm -hmm. I understand your wife is still in hospital.、Mm -hmm. And、uh, she will be for some little while, I think. As I said on the phone, I won't take much of your time. Take as much as you like. Anything to get me out of my own head. I'm sorry. It's not that you're just anybody. No, no. I, I understand. What I don't understand, though, is why Jenny Casson would do such a thing. Me either. 
I just don't know. A source of mine said you were about to give her notice. Had you talked to her about letting her go? Yes. Do you think that could be it? I really don't know. That night, when your wife found the baby, when you went down the hall, Jenny came out of her room. You told her to go back and get dressed. Is that correct? I thought you were interested in the, the references and background information we had on Jenny before we heard. Isn't that what you said? I am, but I'm just curious why you'd ask her to go and get dressed. You all live together. There's an emergency, so Jenny's in her pajamas. So what? Well, she wasn't in her pajamas. Oh. She um. She was in a, a t-shirt and, and panties. So I just said get dressed, just automatically, you know. Were you aware in your wife's statement to the police that she said Jenny was wearing flannel pajamas? No. I guess you were interviewed separately. Yes. Two pair. Why? One with pink stripes, one with blue small flowers. The kind with trousers, not a nighty. Yes, but why? So you alternate them, wearing one or the other all the time. Yes. So which one were you wearing the night Jason Ryan died, when Doctor Ryan told you to go back in your room and get dressed? Jenny, did the police ask you what you were wearing? No. I think you better answer this for your own good, Jenny. I was wearing a T-shirt and panties. Why didn't you say this before? Because I didn't know it was important. I didn't know what Mrs. Ryan was saying, other than that I killed Jason. Did you run around the house often in a T-shirt? No, never. Well then. Why weren't you wearing the pajamas? Because the blue pair—they were in the dirty clothes. And the other, the, the the pink ones. Why weren't you wearing them? Because they were ripped. How did they get ripped, Jenny? Doctor Ryan. The night before, when Mrs. Ryan wasn't there, he ripped them. Why? Because, because I said I was leaving, that I didn't want to anymore. Want to? Stay quiet and just let him do what he was doing to me. All the time. I wasn't going to tell anybody. I was just going to go away, so he got mad and, and ripped my pajamas and did it anyway. Why didn't you say this was going on? Why have you kept silent? Because I thought people would think I was bad, an evil person, and that if I was jealous of his wife, that I might have killed his baby. And did you? No. It's just dreadful. It's beyond imagination, really. Well, not everyone's imagination. That's the scary part. Yes. She'd been there for about six months. I can remember Grace coming into my office and saying that they'd finally found a girl they both really liked, and she was crazy. She was just crazy. Have you been to the hospital to see Grace yet? Twice. The first time she was so heavily sedated, I just sat there with her for an hour or so, holding her hand. There was no point talking, and I dropped in last night. She's, um, she's holding on, I guess. I'm very afraid for her. Was Doctor Ryan there? Yes. He looked shell shocked. Just terrible. Well, is he a dentist? Why? Oh, no reason. I just wondered. Well, yes. <laughs> I switched to Eric when I got to know Grace. So, what kind of a guy is he? I mean, normally, before this. Oh, lots of fun. 
He's always on the go, yachting, skiing. The last time I went in to see him, he was taking up scuba diving. Is Grace normally, is she a fun person too? No, I wouldn't describe her that way. She has a whimsical sense of humor, but she's, oh, deeper, I guess, broody. The arty type. She designs our top three lines of clothes, you know. She's terrific, mm. but a bit fragile, too. Oh, in what way? Well, that's why I'm worried about her. She's not the greatest at coping. This isn't going to get into the paper, is it? Not if you don't want it to. I don't. All right. Well, it's just that a couple of years ago, Eric, he had an affair with someone. Who knows who? But she found out, and it just about killed her. She stopped eating. No kidding. They patched things up somehow. I guess that's what having the baby was for. A fresh start. And that's why I'm so worried about her now. She didn't do so well after the baby was born, either. What do you mean? Well, she had a really hard time. She suffered from... Her doctor called it a full-blown case of postpartum depression. She told me it was like being at the bottom of a well with no way out. She had to be hospitalized then, too. Did she talk much about Jenny Kisson? No. Not to me, anyway. Just that she was a likable girl and <laughs> that she trusted her. Not in this one. Well, she said she threw them in the garbage. Keep looking. Okay. Grapefruit rinds, coffee rinds, empty boxes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what? Pink pajamas. Rolled up. And the shirt's ripped almost in half. Right down the front. Jenny, you only have to answer what I want you to answer. I'll nod or I'll interrupt. Yes. And everything is off the record. I know. Jenny, the sexual relationship that you had with Dr. Ryan... It wasn't a relationship. No. Do you know whether Mrs. Ryan was aware of what her husband was doing to you? I don't know. Did he touch you sometimes or go into your room when she was in the house? No. She worked. Lots of times at night. He'd wait until she worked. She could have come home early, though, seen something through a window. Well, particularly if she was the suspicious type. Jenny, I'm curious about two things. One, you say you got up to give the baby a bottle between 12.30 and 1 a.m. because he was crying? That's right. Were you asleep? Yes. Well, how did you hear him? You can always hear a crying baby. And I have a monitor beside my bed. And two, you said you left the bottle with the baby. That he usually falls asleep and the bottle just, what, rolls to the side beside him? Yes. So, Jenny, if the baby monitor is right beside your bed, then why didn't you hear something when this child was being strangled to death? What are you smiling about? Who's smiling? You are, ever since you took that phone call. <laughs> Off the record? Jesus, how can I work this way? Okay. The baby bottle wasn't in the crib. It was sitting on a change table on the other side of the room. Oh? So I wondered, why would Mrs. Ryan, finding her baby lifeless, bother to pick up the bottle and place it over there? She was already alarmed when she went into the room, so she'd snatch her baby right up into her arms, wouldn't she? That's what was bothering you? Yeah. Enough to visit the hospital and lift her drinking glass. That call was from forensics. They've matched Mrs. Ryan's fingerprints with prints on the baby bottle. The prints that were on top of Jenny Kazan's fingerprints. Mm. So she was the last one to touch that bottle. But... She could have moved it after she found her baby dead, and not before. That's conceivable, isn't it? Yeah. 
I'm trying to think of an alternate explanation. And why she was wrong about what Jenny was wearing that night. She's that baby's mother. It's mother. I mean, it just doesn't compute that she'd kill it. Or maybe I just don't want it to compute. The baby monitor sat on a shelf right above the crib. Somebody had turned it off. Know whose thumb and index fingerprints are on the control knob? Clear as an x-ray? Oh. God. Hello? Dr. Letterman to post off, please. Hi. Dr. Letterman to post off. Mrs. Ryan? Yes. I'm Peggy Delaney. From the Toronto trip? Of course you are. My husband said you might be around. Is it okay if I sit down? I don't know. Is it? Uh, thanks. I remember when they used to allow smoking in lounges in hospitals. Do you? Mm-hmm. Did your husband say why I might be around? No. He just stared at me and looked confused about everything. Right. I'm really so sorry about your son and um, what happened to him. So am I. been listening to A Death in the Family, the latest in our series of Peggy Delaney by James W. Nickel. Featured in the cast tonight, Kyra Harper as Peggy, Katerina Scorsone as Amber, George Buza as Detective Carlos Zabo, Martin Doyle as J.J. Mars, Susan Aceron as Jenny, J.W. Carroll as Nick. With them, you also heard Scott Denton as Dr. Ryan, Amanda Hancock as Grace Ryan, and Michelle Fisk as Barbara. The music was composed and conducted by Milan Kinlicka. The recording engineer was Drago Grandich. Sound effects were by Matt Wilcott. Sandra Breitman was the associate producer. Our coordinating producer is Barry Morgan. The program was produced and directed in Toronto by Bill Howell, the executive producer of The Mystery Project. I'm Bob Boving, thanking you for listening and inviting your comments. See you next week. That was Peggy Delaney, A Death in the Family. This is part of the CBC Mystery Project. It can be heard on Rumsey Retro Radio at rumseyretro.ca every night at 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So that would be 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you enjoyed these episodes, and I will play more of them in the future if you'd like me to. Just let me know. Have a good evening, everybody, and thank you for listening. Michael's Saturday Night Surprise with me, Bob, your host, and I wish you all a very good evening. <laughs>